Welcome back to the Inting Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest today, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Greg Adler. Uh, I work at Riot Games on competitive operations for the LCS and esports. So, uh, yeah. how did you... That's... We can just, run, we can just <laughs> jump right into it. How did, you, uh, how did you be able to get that high of a position, if you don't mind me asking? Sure, I, I can also answer that differently. I can go into more depth about who I am if you guys want. Like, yeah, more yeah, we'd yeah. love to know everything about you. Yeah, 100%. Anything, sure. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll redo the intro then if that works. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, everybody, my name is Greg Adler. Uh, I'm currently working on competitive operations for the LCS and esports at Riot. Um, basically managing the day-to-day -day operations of the LCS as well as other esports at Riot, making sure the leagues can operate at the highest level, uh, and basically handling all the back-end processes for the leagues. Okay. So, like, you say, like, day-to-day kind of stuff, like, operations that you do. Like, what, what kind of stuff does that entail? So I think it's a kind of a mix of two things. So my formal role is competitive operations, but I think that's a mix of like competitive operations and league operations. And kind of what the two are is competitive operations is more of like, you know, making sure the competitive integrity of our, of our leagues is upheld. So, you know, following the rules, issuing fines and penalties if necessary, you know, making sure that there's no competitive integrity concerns like on stage and stuff like that. You know, a lot of just making sure that, you know, the competitors are held to the highest standards, um, as well as the league operation stuff is like, you know, making the schedule, um, you know, monitoring accounts for our players, doing behavior checks. Um, I also manage the global contract database for North America. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of, you know, managing kind of, you know, inner relationships with teams, making sure they're kind of updated and they have all their information submitted at Riot, uh, while making sure they're following all of our rules and policies. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, was this, uh, was League, uh, like, Riot Games, was that your first uh, gaming uh, job you entered, or was there, where did you work somewhere else before Riot Games? Yeah, so I've actually had a little bit of a unique path. Um, I actually started, so I graduated from Kutztown University in 2015, and I actually started as a music teacher. Oh, wow. Um, but while I was music teaching, I did a lot of amateur TOing on the side, uh, tournament organizing. So I ran my own okay. amateur League of Legends league, um, but I also participated in a lot of different leagues. You know, I used to do, like, amateur leagues I used to participate in, you know, AM, uh, ARAM tournaments. Um, and so from there, that's when I got the job as the esports coach at the University of Texas at Dallas. Um, it was kind of a great opportunity for me, connected my love of esports and kind of, you know, tournament organizing with my love of student success from my teaching experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ran that program for three years, and then that's when I ended up at Riot. Nice. Just because just you, you mentioned it, this is kind of off topic, but... That's so cool that you went to school uh, to be a music teacher. I, I went to school for music, uh, for audio engineering. Nice. But uh, yeah. yeah, if you don't yeah, mind I, me asking, did you, do you like what instruments do you play? Sure. Yeah, I'm mainly a brass player. So I mainly did like marching band, uh, orchestra, okay. stuff like that. You know, it's funny. I, I find that very often those that do music... I feel like a lot of the skills transfer into other stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, because like, you know, all the like even, you know, the problem solving and you have to do and like kind of the work ethic to practice your instrument and stuff is pretty applicable to a lot of other areas. So a lot of times I hear when I hear people are from music doing other stuff. I, I find that like that connection to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always interesting to see that like people of different career paths 
get into like gaming because you'll have someone who's like a history t- uh, major, you'll have like a philosophy major, and then they'll like somehow manage their way into gaming because I feel like that's kind of an interesting way. Like, cause you're not the first one. You see, like even content creators also. It's like uh, one of them was like Alex jo- no, no, Alex, um, no. Jonas. <laughs> no, Alex. Um, <laughs> Jonas. No, Jonas. Average Jonas. Average Jonas. Yeah, average Jonas. He was like he did like. He was like orchestra or something. He was like an opera singer. He was like an something. opera singer. Then he just became like <laughs> a, like a, uh, a a like a valent content creator. So it's like kind of interesting to see because like now seeing yours. So because like music doesn't have really do much with what you're going into correct now, right? Yeah, not not too much. I think the education side of things definitely is pretty prevalent to what I do now. Like you know, patience and kind of explaining things. Um, I think that's kind of the beauty of esports as it currently stands. Right? Is I mean, you know, at a professional level, esports is really only like ten years old, if even. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's existed for a long time, but at like a at a pro 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 level, really only like ten years. So there's not necessarily like esports degrees i mean they are out there but it's more so you know using your experience and other things with your combination of your knowledge and experience in esports and gaming to like make that fit you know because it's like i mean the reality is at this point i don't think there's anybody that like came from gaming right they all Mm. they had it as like either an interest or something they were into or did it in one way or another but it definitely wasn't like i've always been in my gaming career it's always a mix of kind of your other stuff that you've done with your your passion to kind of get in the scene which i think is really cool Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see when you graduated and you said you became a music teacher? Did you ever see like, you know, I would really like to work at Riot or was it more like I like this kind of doing like a little fun thing. Let me do it on the side and then I'll have my being a music teacher as a main thing. Um, you know, to be honest with you, like dream would be working a ride at the time, but I just didn't think it was possible, you know, like at okay. where I was in life, I was like, I, you know, my degree is music ed. It's not super relevant to esports, even though I do have the experience, but I knew that gaming and esports like was what I wanted to do. Like I knew mm-hmm. that was my love all along and, and my passion. And that's why I did the, the, the TOing on the side and kind of the, you know, the participating and stuff It's because I knew getting relative experience to get me closer and closer would eventually get there um definitely was never like an expectation but you know always was always a dream for me for sure nice yeah so so like you mentioned before that like part of your job is like maintaining like competitive integrity and stuff like that is that like a different kind of a way of saying like you're almost like a referee in some regard Sure. So we actually have referees as well. Referees. um, So it's kind of like a two things of it. There's like match operations and competitive operations. Match operations is more like on the day in the middle of the match, like managing things. So like when there's chrono breaks that need to happen, when there's pauses for bugs, that's match operations. And that's where referees fall into. Mm -hmm. They stand behind the teams, make sure the teams are following the rules. You know, if they have any pauses in game or any issues, they're the ones that communicate the info back to us. Um, um, so I help manage our referee team. So I'm more like compet like league operations than I am match operations. Although I okay. still do match operations. Like I worked all of MSI and Worlds last year um, mm-hmm. and was a part of that. So still definitely have a mix. Um, but I you know but I tend to do more of like the back end stuff, like making sure our policies and rules and penalties are in place. So mm-hmm. when they do need to use them for match operations, it's, it's organized and efficient. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that uh, when you say day to day, I feel like it's um. Because, I mean, there's a, there's there's two splits. So you're in the LCS, so there's like two splits. So what are the day-to-day operations when you're not in season, when it's like the off-season? How, how is the work life going? Like, what do you, what, yeah. what, what is your position? Like, what do you do? 
Sure. So it really depends. You know, last year, like I said, I went to MSI and Worlds. Um, so that entire like off season was really just me at those international events. Um, so obviously, if I'm going there, there's that. If I'm not at the international event, a lot of it is just prepping for the next season, you know, working on the schedule, managing our contracts internally, um, you know, making sure like, you know, because the end of a split, there's a lot of things you need to do, like processing the fines, processing pay uh, uh, pricing and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of it is kind of just prepping for next split. Um, but as well as next year, you know, uh, last month and a half, two months, I've been meeting with like all of the GMs and talent within our scene to kind of talk about, you know, the league as a whole, our formats and stuff like that. A lot of prepping for the future and kind of being as proactive as I can if I'm not at those international events. Yeah, because I know um, because we went to uh, last year, we went to Worlds because we're we're in Jersey. We're based in Jersey. So we went to the one in New York. Nice. Uh, by the way, amazing event. I think you yeah, guys killed some, it out there. Some cool shit. I don't know if you were there in the New York in the New York one, but like we were there. It was generally one of the best because I went to the two, we went to one playoff. I went to another day of playoff and then we went to also group stage, one of the group stage ones. Mm. Generally, one of the best environments. Yeah, I feel that, like was, that was cool. The community was such a, like, it was definitely different because, you know, I, I mean, you can always say, like, the memes around, like, league players and all that. Like, but, like, when we were there, everyone was, like, such a chill, so it was, like, a vibe. So it's, like, how does how does planning, like, something like Worlds, like, I know you said, like, it was a North American, like, uh, tour. So, like, how stressful and, like, what goes on? And, like, how many, like, is it a year in advance of preparation? Is it two years? How does it work? Sure. So I, I was lucky enough to get to work all of Worlds. Um, I was very thankful. Um, but there's kind of two aspects of a part of it. Um, the first part is like the actual larger scale planning of like the format and everything. That's more of like a global level. And that's definitely done, you know, as far in advance as, as feasible. Um, you know, obviously, the more proactive you can be, the better. Um, as for actually working the events, uh, it is quite stressful, um, but it's a good stress. You know, it's just it's just a high stakes situation. So I mm -hmm. think you know teams are on their game because they want to be performing at the best. You have a lot of fans tuning in. Um, so a lot of it is just making sure we're we're on our game. You know, we're, we're kind of handling issues as they come effectively. Um, but we're also like I bring it up a lot, but being proactive is really big for us. You know, like trying to identify issues right away as soon as we can, um, and you know, kind of solve them if we need to. Um, but it's definitely definitely stressful, but great stress. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's super awesome to see these like teams of just insane high caliber playing against each other, um, and it's just really really an exciting atmosphere. Okay, so so you mentioned that like working this stuff is like very high stress. I guess this leads to one of our questions, which was, what's the toughest part about your job? Um, you know, I, I, see, I feel like stress isn't a good word because it's just I I I thrive in those situations. You know, okay. where, where it's stuff's always happening. They need yeah. keeping you on your feet, kind of problem solving. Um, I I love being in those situations. Um, I think I, toughest part of my job. You know, I, I don't know. This is going to sound like a cop out answer, but I really feel like there's nothing in particular. I feel like the thing that can be complex is the idea if it's a lot of unique problem solving like last year as an example at msi um we had rng uh who's from china played the entire event remote um, oh yeah so, sorry about that so while every other team at the event was in person they were remote so that was something that none of us in in qc 
or I said the, the comp ops crew had ever done before in the okay. history of like League of Legends. Anyone in that necessarily had not dealt with that environment. Um, and so I think it just comes with a lot of unique problem solving, you know, kind of identifying what the situation is, what are our goals, you know, how do we kind of work around this? What's what's the best case we can get to? Um, and so I think that that can be lead to a lot of unique situations, yeah. but it, it's fun to kind of work through those. Yeah, because I was I I I was watching the MSI during that time, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't understand it. But you guys came up with like a ping system. Can you elaborate on that? Because I still don't understand what that meant. Sure. So, um, long story short, we have these tournament realms, which are like basically uh, servers that we host that are only for pro play, where we have we can set the region to be, you know, any region across the world, depending, we only have set locations, but, uh, you know, like Los Angeles, Chicago is an example. Mm -hmm. um, and so when playing on the tournament realms, we had a server built, or we might have already had it, I, I'm not sure, that basically set everyone's ping to be around, I think it was around 30, um, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's so basically, bad. if any of the players were playing on that server, on that tournament realm they were at 30 ping um but that's comparatively to like their normal i guess they play like one or two when they play on on land server mm -hmm. uh so definitely definitely different um but you know as as the event goes on as you're playing on it for a bunch of weeks it definitely gets easier mm -hmm. yeah because i imagine because like it was definitely different because the entire event they were probably playing a one and two i think in the, what every time they played against rng they would have to switch the 30 ping so i'm guessing it's like a bit of a different i mean it it's still very low. I'm very impressed that you guys managed to make it that low. Yeah. Because the what MSI was where again? I think it was in Busan, correct? Like that yeah, MSI. And, and for clarity, I'm pretty sure it was 30 for every match, no matter what. Um, just to keep it consistent, consistent across the board. I mm -hmm. don't know 100. percent I believe that's what we ended up doing. Um, and that way every match is the same. Um, but yeah, just for clarity. Mm -hmm. Did you try ever like um? Did any like teams or like managers come up to you guys and be like yo like was this like a bit unfair like hey can we try to maybe reschedule this another time like has any manager come up to it and if they did like how in what way did you like say essentially like how did you respond to it you know i i think it's i think everyone kind of just realized that like the reality of that situation is that like they literally could not leave their country, right? Like, you know, COVID's yeah. happening and, and they're, mm -hmm. they have to stay in their facility and, you know, they're being quarantined across the country. So it's not like they, you know, are choosing not to be there. It's obviously completely against their will. So I think people understood that a lot, you know, like the context of it, like, look, you know, they, they want to play. They're one of the best regions in the world. So it'd be great to have them there. Um, but they just can't get here. They, they literally can't. Um, and so I think people understood that, you know, obviously there was questions, you know, and concerns, but, you know, address them as they come up. But I think with the context of kind of what they have to go through in the first place, you know, outside of League of Legends, what they have to go through with, with COVID, um, people understood. No, no, I understand. I mean, that's good. I, I like you guys definitely handled that pretty well because I, I saw a lot on Twitter was like the backlash behind it. It's like, damn, like people were even saying like RNG shouldn't even be playing because, you know, it's online and everyone else's land. So like, but I'm very impressed that you guys like, I feel like that's one of the things with you, like with Riot. I mean, I so like we watch the Valorant a lot. So we're like mm -hmm. in the Valorant side of it, but we watch it and I'm very, like, it's definitely impressive how like fast you guys react because you look at other games and like, they're not as quick on their feet as you guys are. So, like, how does the preparation go when it comes to that? When you guys are like, okay, in case of this scenario, this is what we're going to do. Or is it more just like on the fly? 
Uh, definitely a mix of both. I think, you know, it's it's obviously really important when you do have situations arise that you write detailed notes. So you, if the situation does come up again, you can kind of address it. Um, I know for NA, we have like uh, an instant log basically that we keep track of for every single day of the LCS, which is like all pauses, all, you know, chrono breaks if necessary, all bugs, you know, everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we have that, that we keep it consistently updated. So then that way, if an issue ever does arise, we can go back and be like, hey, this, this was the precedent we Set. This is what we did in the past. So I think it's definitely a mix of both. It's being proactive using that kind of information, but also being proactive or using that information that if something does happen, that you can be like, okay, this is what happened. We're doing X, Y, and Z because of what we've done in the past. You know, we're using these similar situations to help us determine our action in this situation. Okay. Yeah. So it's almost like keeping it some sort of database of like, okay, if X, Y, Z fails, this is how we can go about it. That's cool. Right. And, and, and the nice part is that a lot of that applies to like any events, right? Like we can, you know, we can take that information and bring it to worlds and be like, Hey, if a player has this audio issue, this is what we're looking to do. If a player has this tech issue, this is what we're looking to do and kind of helps us, you know, guide us a little bit to make better decisions in those situations. Have any players ever asked like some like bizarre requests or anything before while you're like, Hey, can I like <laughs> listen to Spotify or something? I don't know if that's like a bizarre, sure. but like something like that. Oh, all the time, all the time. Um, so the PCs that they play on stage for context are set up. So they literally can't do anything other than, um, other than basically play the game. Um, okay. you know, obviously there's a lot of like concerns with that, right? You know, if let's say they have Spotify open and they have, you know, who's to say they can't have like, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I guess what it could be within like music world, but they could, they could have music that like, you know, is their coaches recording basically saying like, don't remember six minutes, do this, remember uh, seven minutes, uh, do this. Okay, okay. And, and we truly have like no way unless we're like listening. That's like a crazy example. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, you know, all the time, you know, I think it's kind of like an, an you know, an ever evolving world um, kind of, you know, with what they need, you know, as we had a match this year where we were about to start, like about to get into champ select. We literally quick start game. And one of the players is like, wait, I have like this, I have like a sticky substance on my hand. I need to go wash my hands right now. <laughs> so they have a ref, like, run up the stage with like hand sanitizer wipes and like give it to the players so they can like wipe their hands. But at the same time, you know, the team's in champ select, right? So you don't want to talk because you want them to focus. So you have yeah. to, you know, it's kind of unique situations like that. Um, but, you know, after a while, players, they kind of just get used to the process. They kind of figure out things. That, you know, there's obviously a learning curve, but they kind of get the gist. They figure out how things are supposed to go. You know, mm -hmm. the, you always have your weird questions, um, but, you know, Test the limits. See how far you can go. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I know in uh, in like games like Valorant and CS, when there's like a tech pause or something, like you're not allowed to talk within each other. Like I know that, like that's a rule where like you can't even talk to each other because like you can say code words. We're like, hey, like, uh, like you can say something. Like, oh, where we're gonna eat today? It's like, hey, we want to get Chipotle. It's like, hey, let's go do this. Let's run this strat. Because I know that. So I don't know if the same thing like with that. If there's a tech pause or is there a pause? Are team are players allowed to talk or are these like complete silent? Yeah, so it's pretty much exactly the same. It's kind of twofold. It's number one, if a team has like an issue on stage that they're dealing with like a referee with comp ops, they're allowed to talk about that issue. The thing is in those situations, if that team is resolving issues with the referee, we don't let the other team talk because that whole time that other team would basically have an advantage of being able to talk about the state of the game while the other team's actually trying to resolve a technical issue of some kind. Yeah. Um, and so that would provide a big benefit to that team at that point where they have like two or three minutes to talk about whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You know, similarly or similarly, 
if uh, like a team has like an audio issue and they can't hear one of their players, the other team talking would be an advantage because they can hear each other and talk. Um, so it really depends, um, you know, kind of on the situation. Um, you know, also if it's like kind of like a, a rune thing, like if we have to reset the game for a rune and we know that, you know, talking at this time wouldn't give anyone a, a huge advantage, we can be pretty flexible as long as like no one's kind of getting a, a big break from it. Okay. Yeah. I think with that, like, because yeah, that's understandable because, like, I feel like people don't understand, like, it's kind of like a, a competitive integrity also because, like, you want to get, you want to have an evil, even playing ground throughout, throughout. Um, also, another thing, I know, like, the Riot HQ, uh, this is, like, not, a, uh, like, about a league, but, like, um, I know the Riot HQ is in, in the West Coast, but, uh, I mean, like, people like us like, who live in the East Coast, like, New Jersey, the complete other side, do you have any events or any plans of making more events towards the East Coast? Because I know the... LCS Summer Split is on the is going to be in Prudential Center in New Jersey, which thank mm-hmm. God for us. That's the closest anything yeah. has ever, ever happened <laughs> to us. It's like twenty minutes. It's from like us. 20, 30 minutes for us. So awesome. thank God you guys decided that. <laughs> so, um, do you have any plans of making more like including like including other like states like near near the East Coast of more like league environment areas? You know, I, I think there's there's just like a ton of complexities to going into choosing locations. I mean, I think, you know, obviously there's a huge desire for it to be on the East Coast. You know, not only just from this event that's happening, um, but even from Worlds. You know, New York was sold out like every day. Um, yeah. And there was a ton of just a huge, great crowd. So there's obviously a huge like league community and huge desire to have events on the East Coast. Um, you know, but, but there's obviously complexities to all of it, you know, depending on where we're going to host events and where we're going to go. Uh, but anything's really possible. I'm, I'm really hyped to go to New Jersey, too, because I'm from Philly. Uh, so oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm definitely from the East Coast life. So I'm, I'm hyped to go back there. Um, you know, and kind of kind of see the friends and family. So, and like you know, even to that point, I had all my friends or a large group of my friends go to to Worlds in New York and and get to hang out. So it's yes. definitely cool to, to give that kind of side uh, definitely in in uh, an opportunity to watch. Yeah, Thanks. because I know it's like uh, a lot of us like because I've talked to a lot of people and even people online just like yo they wish they could go to events, but everything else is all either all in West Coast or, or maybe in Canada sometimes too. Sure. So like, especially because in Valorant, like a lot of stuff happened in Canada or the West Coast. So like, we always like to want to know like, if you if you guys like even like in the nicest way possible, if you guys think about us in the way is like, hey, maybe we should try something having like you know maybe one in Philly, one in Boston, uh, maybe like sometimes like in uh, like in Maine, like something along those lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, you know, you know. I think, I think going to Prudential Center is a great example of that. You know, us going directly to the East Coast to have an event. And I mean, even Raleigh. You know, not necessarily that. You know, people like to think of East Coast as like Upper East Coast, but still East Coast uh, yeah, yeah. to one extent. So I think there's, you know, obviously we want to get out as far as we can in general to like reach the most amount of fans. Um, but like I said, just a lot of complexities involved with you know yeah. what, where we're looking to go, what we're looking to do. Um, but I am very hyped to go to. to jersey it should be a, real, a lot of fun yeah if you ever come here and you need uh you need some places to go we got you restaurants everything we got you <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect so you you work a lot with like league and stuff how much league do you get to play uh, you know, honestly, I, I would say I play a, a, a decent amount. I would say maybe like uh, two, three games every other day, like okay. every two days. So it's an okay amount. Um, you know, I think it's like, uh, I don't necessarily think it's a huge necessity, but I think it really helps a lot that I am as knowledgeable on the game as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work on uh, the the 
partially work, I should say, or I should say, depending on what it is, but uh, I work on the bug list for, for LOL esports. So a lot mm. of it is like really intricate situations with like interactions with champions that you would like, you really have to know in depth the game. Um, and so I don't necessarily use it to justify my league play. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I could learn the game, you know, other ways, um, but I think it helps. You know, I kind of keep myself in the know. I know what the meta is each patch. I kind of know what people are playing and it also keeps my skills kind of, you know, up, up to date as much as possible. What what uh, rank are you? I'm currently plat two. Um, okay. Was plat one before. I'm trying to get diamond, but it, it's rough. Um, but you know, I, I think at this point, I mainly, I, I think I'm, I feel lucky enough that my mental is at a place where <laughs> I just kind of like jump into in solo queue, and I'm like YOLO. Like I really don't care about my rank anymore as yeah. long as like I'm having fun. Which I think yeah. you know, Greg from five years ago would be like, hell no, like I got, I got to grind, I got to climb. Um, so I think all of it is me just trying to have fun, you know. I, so uh, you know, the, I'll go into games and play like random support champs. I like to play like Swain and stuff like that, and just have a good time. Do you ever have any input on like agent balances or like not agent, uh, champion balances and like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if, you know, if we buffed Mordekaiser just a little bit, it'd be kind of fun to play more. <laughs> like, do you ever like, like slide that into the development team? And like, yo, it'd be nice if this guy kind of got a little buff. Would that be cool? Like, do you have any say in any of that stuff? Dude, I wish. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say to that note, I have actually really enjoyed working with our gameplay team. They actually talk to esports quite a bit. Um, you know, kind of being like, we're thinking this for this patch. You know, we're thinking about doing this. They're actually like incredibly receptive to esports feedback and ideas as a whole. And I think that's just, it really leads to a great relationship overall, you know, mm -hmm. especially like when we work on bugs and we have to go to them to get their feedback and like ask them to fix stuff. Like they're just really open to that stuff. And I think that makes for a better gaming experience. And I think our pros enjoy the game more because they realize that gameplay is doing stuff to actively help the esports scene, which is, which is really nice. Yeah. I feel like that's like one thing you got, like you guys as like a whole company when it comes to Valorant and League, you guys are very receptive. Like, like yeah, so, quick some turnaround, yeah, like very stuff. quick because like someone will complain something on Twitter and some random, like uh, not random, but like a, like any red like Riot Dev would come on and be like, actually we are fixing on that, and they'll just tweet it out randomly. So it's kind of like it's very different because like I came from CS:GO, so like get talking a patch to a, every year, it's like we'll get a patch <laughs> maybe once a year or like. It's easier. It's probably easier to get in contact with the president than a dev in Valve. So it's like something like that. So it's like it's very like it's still kind of shocking, like in a good way, where you guys are like very receptive when it comes to like, hey, we know this is an issue. We are trying to fix on it. Please be patient. Um, is it more just like do you like feel like it's a better connection? Do you ever feel like like when of course you you probably got like on Twitter, you know, it's a different breed of people. Where you guys get like a lot of different comments where like, hey, fix this. Bro, this is this is a stupid mechanic. Can you fix this? Are you guys like do you guys take that to heart more or do you guys like, hey, we're listening to you, we'll take it into consideration? So I think it you know, obviously really depends on what they're asking for and kind of you know how feasible it is. I think one way or the other uh, how I like to view those situations personally is that, you know, you obviously never, you always want someone to voice their feedback appropriately, right? You obviously <laughs> don't want them to cross a line. But at the yeah. same time, the way I view it is if someone cares, if someone voices a concern or something they want changed, they care enough about the product or they're passionate enough about the game or esports that they feel that they need to mention this, right? It's the people that are like, man, this sucks, but I really don't give a shit that are, are the ones that are not ideal because then it's 
like, look, we, we want to help you, but if, but if they don't care enough for the product to be good, like they, they, don't, they don't want it to improve, then they're not going to voice their concern. You know, we, we want our fans to feel comfortable enough that they can voice that to us when they do feel like they have issues with things. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at the, the subreddit, always looking at Twitter, you know, always looking for ways to improve as much as possible. Um, you know, I think that's a really nice part is kind of, I'm a, I don't want to say like lurker, but it's like, especially on the subreddit, I'm always reading threads, just kind of seeing what people are saying. Um, and I think that's, that's really valuable, uh, you know, gets really good feedback. You know, if there's things that need to be changed, maybe we don't notice it. You know, it's always good to have the fans kind of, you know, voicing their concerns. What's the craziest Reddit thread or like tweet you ever say oh. someone complain about like your side of like the league? Like, he's like, Hey, this, like, it's just wild. Like the hottest take. Like the hottest take where you're oh. like, there's no way someone typed this up and posted it. Like, do you have <laughs> any idea? Like any, you remember any? Oh gosh. Oh man. I don't know if I have any, I know. I remember last year I had posted that this is when they reworked Udyr. I had okay. announced that Udyr wasn't going to be available for Worlds, I think is when he got reworked for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people were like, oh, no Udyr, like Worlds is ruined. Like, like you know, Rai doesn't care about Worlds. Like, there's no Udyr. And I'm like, damn, we got some Udyr fans out <laughs> it's there. It's like no one was um, playing Udyr a month ago. What the <laughs> right. hell did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, look, if, if they want to see Udyr, I get it. You know, he's a reworked champion. It was, it was, he was kind of cool at the time for what it is. Uh, so, you know, that, that Udyr fan out there they go hard yeah <laughs> when it uh, were, were you involved in getting little nas eggs for worlds by any chance or like were you involved <laughs> in any of that like because i need to know what? like i need to know how you guys come up with like some of these like artists you get on board i'm very curious and like th- because again league world music is very iconic so like a lot of yeah. people like every year they're like what's the, what's this year's league world music because everyone's very it's like it's very nice and like it's like a nice like it's nice to see every year so like how did you come up with the like I don't know if you did but like do you know how the I have bring like yes let's bring little Nas X to the to the mains like as a world song <laughs> yeah honestly I had nothing to do with it at all um I, th- I think he's an, uh, an excellent performer though super yeah. super entertaining we actually had the chance to um like they did a dress rehearsal the day before and and me and the combat crew had a chance to like sit in and watch um, and, and man, it's just, he's just so entertaining. You know, the song was, was super fun. I had no, unfortunately, no, nothing to do with the selection whatsoever. Um, but I, but I definitely do enjoy it as much as a, as a fan as well. Nice. Do you have a band or in mind or a singer you would love to see perform a world song? Oh gosh, <sighs> man. I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like I feel like my choices would be not like I would love to see the Foo Fighters do it. I just feel like that'd yes, be so that cool. would be sick. <laughs> but but feasibly, you know, and again, I yeah. have nothing to do with the decision whatsoever. Yeah. I feel like feasibly, probably not the demographic they're going for <laughs> uh, for world themes. But uh, but you never know. You know, Dave Grohl could could rock a world's anthem. I feel like. What what's been like your favorite league song? Oh, definitely rise. Yes. That, I mean, that's that. Not only is that the best song in my opinion, but that's the best video. That was so fire. Yeah. Like to this day, I mean, every time I watch it, it's just super, super, super badass. Like Faker, Faker at the very end does like rise when they have like all the statues. Are it's just super, super cool. Yeah. 
Do you ever like uh do you ever um always like talk to the music team afterwards and be like, yo, like this would this is like sick as like do you ever talk to them afterwards and like get their mind of how they got like what what was the idea and how they became like like with the music video and the music, getting the talent, all of that. Have you ever like picked their minds and seen like what their process is like? Do you know how it works? Only like in passing, not nothing nothing too formal. I mean obviously there's just there's, there's a, a ton that goes into that. So honestly yeah. I don't know too much. Um I do know that like you know, a lot of them were at Worlds when Lil Nas performed and seeing them be that excited and like <laughs> like you know, it being performed live like that is like such an unreal experience. Um and so I, I know getting to be there is like is super, super cool. Nice. Well I mean looking at our questions yeah. let's think see. we have like a one i uh okay so the the last like question i guess on our list is if you had a tip for someone like just getting into esports in like any regard what would what would you uh what would, what advice would you give them sure so uh it kind of goes back into what i said before um where you know, there's no esports degree, right? Like, you know, it, it's very common to ask the question of like, oh, do you come from gaming? But the reality is nobody comes from gaming, right? Like everyone has is doing something else going into gaming. Yeah. Um, so I would say my biggest advice is get as much experience as you possibly can in the things you're interested in. Um, and what I mean by that is find in gaming or in esports, what you like to do, you know, for me, it was competitive operations, find what you like to do and just research the shit out of it. Find people that are really good at it. Find people that are doing it in different companies, find people that are doing it on an amateur level, a pro level, and then reach out to them. Hey, I'm interested in doing this. I just want to pick your brain. I want to get some information. Um, and then just get as much experience as you can doing that kind of stuff. You know, find the resources around it, get involved, talk to the people within it. Um, it's definitely going to take work to get to like a full-time job. Uh, you know, I think you have to kind of put the time in to kind of make yourself a good applicant, but the mm -hmm. more you do on the side, you know, the, the more you're reaching out, the more proactive you are in making yourself the best candidate possible by getting all that, that knowledge and resources. Um, it will definitely put you in the best place to be successful. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like over the years, like I feel like in the past three years, like esports has kind of like evolved in a way where it's like this is like now this is like a real thing like it's no longer just like hey i like this, this is kind of fun like no it's like the, you can make a full-time job out of this and especially with esports orgs um i know like you see a lot of these teams like um like not like not in the lcs but like other like orgs are not part of like a uh, league but like they're like shutting down it's like hey you know we're not making money off this do you um do you know like any of the reasons why you think esports is going through like essentially a recession or like this evolved? Do you think it's good for the business? Do you think it's bad for business? Like what do you what is your opinion on it, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's honestly it's hard to say. You know, I think we're we're still really early in it. Um, you know, and, and I mean, even, you know, we had, we had a team change over this upcoming split, you know, NRG is taking CLG's place. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, you know, from the org side, I can't comment too much as like the intricacies of like a, a budget of running an org. I'm not overly familiar with, you know, I know like general, uh, policies and stuff like that, but I, I think it's just a really interesting time across the board. Um, you know, you know, it's kind of like, uh, never really happened before. So everyone's kind of working through it, kind of seeing what's going on, figuring out what to do. Um, but I know that, you know, like the orgs we work with at the LCS have a lot of super knowledgeable folks on the inside, you know, people that really care a lot about the success. So, you know, obviously I know they have the best interest at heart and, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. Cause I know like CLG was there since the beginning. So I know like, yeah, I, I, I was, I was going to ask you, but I don't know if you're able to answer. Like, how did you feel when you were, when you heard like, Hey, CLG is not going to be in, in the split anymore. 
You know what? I think for me personally, like working in comp ops, you know, I love the folks at CLG. You know, mm -hmm. I, I talk to Greg Kim all the time, Jonathan McDaniel, really great. You know, they they super super knowledgeable. They care a lot. You know, gonna miss them, but you know, I think in in one way or the other, you know, the reality is it's, it's a new team coming in. You know, I, I've loved working with NRG so far. You know, they're doing a great job on the Valorant side. They're super receptive to feedback and, and kind of are great at representing their brand. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to miss the CLG folks a lot. Like, it's been, it was really nice to work with them. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's a new team. So we just, you know, kind of move along, get, get them in, make sure they're, they're ready to rock and roll and, and they're feeling good. And, and you know, they're, do, they're doing a good job so far. Nice. Yeah. I think it's like it's also like that's that's a breath of fresh air because NRG is a very massive work. So like having them on like league is only gonna like exponentially. Yeah, that's a lot of fans to bring in. Yeah, that's a lot of fans. So like it's very very huge. So it's uh it's nice to see. And I think um I I hope like you know league is only like uh, you guys what just passed eleven years I believe now of competitiveness. So like it's gonna be crazy what the next ten years of it is. And so and like other esports like of course like Valorant. I know like you guys have taken like. I think a lot of the mistakes maybe you might have been in league and you put it to Valorant. I don't know if you can comment on this. I don't. I, I know you're not part of it, but the Project L, the fighting game. Do you know <laughs> anything regarding like how the development is going? At least, can you at least say something like that? Literally nothing. You know nothing about the <laughs> Project even, L. Even if I did, I couldn't say anything anyway. You can't say anything. Damn. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I, really I know. We're virtually. <laughs> I think I think at one way or the other, I think the biggest goal at Riot is to make a really damn good game. That's that's the goal, right? Like I think in anything, you know, having an esports scene and making sure your esports scene is 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 great and solid is is super important. But I think if the game is bad, nobody's gonna play it, and then yeah. the esports is pointless anyway at that point. So I think for you know, I don't know nothing about it really, honestly. Um, but I just know they want to make a really fun game. All right. I think that's a, I just want to try to sneak in there, you know, just see if I, I get anything. Because I've DM'd, like, the people who are working on Product L, nothing. I got zero anything out of them. So, I don't know. This was my best shot to ask anybody, at least, of anything. So, I had to, like, shoot my sure. shot. So, we have a traditional question to end off the podcast. So we, well, have, we have two. We have two traditional okay. questions we usually well, ask. The first one is, have you ever had boba tea before? I have had boba tea before. Do yes. you have a, a favorite flavor? Okay, I'm I'm gonna oh gosh, I'm gonna get judged so hard for this. Oh god. I really like the Oreo like cream brulee flavor. That's I like, like the that. Oreo no, in the boba. Flavor. It's okay. it's like so much sugar and it's like cop out boba. Um but I, I don't I'm just I, I like chocolatey things a lot and so mm -hmm. you know being able to have that is really good. But but I'm in LA and so there's boba everywhere. We're yeah. we're really we're really lucky if you like is, boba. Is there like a a chain of boba that's like everywhere in LA? Um, Boba Guys is, I believe that's what it's called. Boba Guys is everywhere. There's honestly just a lot. There's just like tons of Boba places in okay, general. Yeah, like anything, anytime you want Boba, any day, you, you can definitely find it. Nice. Riot also has food trucks that come to campus and every Thursday is Boba Truck Day. And so we had LCS on Thursdays. So I would go out and get like, or me or one of the comp ops people, depending on the day, would go out and get Boba for all of the team and bring it back in for all of them to have. So you know that's definitely a nice treat. You know if there are any uh, 
openings on the sound team at Riot <laughs> so I could uh, get some boba. Hey, RiotGames.com slash careers. Everyone, you know, everyone, you know, everyone, you know, everyone, you know, everyone. Okay, our second question. Everyone. And this one will be specific. You give me a specific question. Do you know what a bidet is? Do you own one or have one? You know, everyone. Thank God. Everyone. Thank God. Everyone. Third person. Everyone. You know. 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 Thank God. Someone is with me. Everyone. You know. 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 Everyone, you know, everyone, no, everyone, you know, 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 everyone, 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 you know, everyone, Everyone, uh, you know, 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 because like, I always feel like I think you should bring that up in the next board meeting. It's like, you guys, like, we gotta bring something along. Hey, guys, we gotta improve the work life. Everyone, I feel like work life and like happiness overall in the business throughout is gonna exponentially grow. Bro, it's gonna be insane if you guys have the days in the Riot HQ. Everyone, you know, everyone, you know. Well, I think that's all the questions we have for today. Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate you, everyone, for you coming on. Like bringing a light on what you guys do in the behind the scenes and everything. If you want to plug anything, if you know, if you know, there's an announcement that's gonna happen because this gets posted on Friday. Oh no, sorry, Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday around 12 p.m. That's where it's gonna get posted. So if you have Everyone, uh, you, you know, want to plug everyone, in everyone, before uh, you know, that happens. Everyone, uh, you know, 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 everyone, uh, Everyone, uh, you know, 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 everyone, uh, you know